Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am excited for today's show. Broke out a family member for today's episode. My big brother, Jeffrey McCall, is here with me today, and we are going to be tackling a few topics. Jeffrey, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's awesome, man. We're we're excited to have you on the show. I know you are basically doing a ministry tour there in California right now, right? Yes, month-long trip in California. So it's sunny right now outside, and I see palm trees. That's awesome. I'm pretty jealous because it's raining in Tennessee and it's cloudy and we got no California weather. <laughs> but praise God. Amen. So, Jeffrey, for our listeners who who might not know you, um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your story and what God has done in your life and, and where he's got you now? Yeah. So in my own life, um, obviously, me and Caleb are, are brothers. Uh, our our mother and our father is the is the same person, <laughs> Jeff and Gracie, and in that uh, we grew up going to church and we grew up hearing about God. But in my own life, it was um, God is way out there, and I'm here. I had no personal connection with God, so dealing with homosexuality from a very early age and having those feelings um, around twelve was when I had my first homosexual thoughts and. Of 15, I acted out on those. And um, actually, my first encounter with another man was um, on a Sunday afternoon. And the very next Sunday afternoon, evening, around the same time, so exactly seven days later from my first sexual encounter with a guy, our brother Joshua was found um, dead in his apartment from a seizure. He had just turned 27 the week before. So within seven days, um, having my innocence gone, um, having uh, my brother unexpectedly die, I just really went in a totally different direction and dove into drugs and alcohol. And um, like I said earlier with me and Caleb, um, having the the same mom and dad, we grew up in a, in a similar atmosphere our whole lives. And and grew up hearing about things in church, and I would hear about homosexuality in church. But all I ever heard about homosexuality was um, homosexuality is wrong, and those people are in sin, and they're going to hell. Um, I never heard um, the grace part that God had paid for them, and that if they would repent and turn to Him, they could be forgiven and um, be transformed into a new life. So it was just a lot of fear-based mm-hmm. stuff in my life when it came to God. And like I said earlier, God was far away and I was here. He, to me, it wasn't that he communicated with me or, or um, I had any kind of relationship with him. And mm-hmm. so me and Caleb obviously went two different <laughs> directions in our lives, but um, really it's the same base root of, of issues and sin and problems, yeah. just different categories. And with that, um, I just dove into the LGBTQ identity Uh, which later at 27 years old led me into living transgender. And while living transgender, I had an encounter with God by myself. I didn't have a church or a preacher or anyone really telling me um, things about the Lord when this encounter happened. I was just at home alone in my apartment one night. And while I was there, I walked into my room and I fell back on my bed and 
to give a background of living transgender, I mean, um, I wasn't just dressing as a woman and, you know, performing at a club or something like that. I began actually living transgender. I had a psychologist and I had a psychiatrist. They both were telling me I had gender dysphoria. Matter of fact, I have the paper from the psychiatrist that diagnosed me with gender dysphoria um, to begin hormones and surgeries and just to begin my life with Scarlet. So I was diving deep into that mm. path. Mm. And um, I was also having an affair with a married man. He was an attorney there in the town I lived in. All this was going on while I was getting a master's degree in history. So my life was very stressful in every way you could imagine. Mm. Um, became very promiscuous and also began drinking. And one of the things that I want to share about my testimony also is just years and years of uh, pills and drugs and crystal meth um, from 22 to about 23 uh, really 21 to 23, I was addicted to crystal meth, would stay up for three, four, five days at a time. Um, and all of this uh, uh, life led up to this encounter with God. And that's when I was in my room and I just cried out to God and I said, God, um, I know that I've, I think I've met people that something happened in their life and they have peace and joy and love and all these things. Guys, I had met a few people throughout my life that had those things, mm -hmm. um, not knowing that that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I had no idea really that, that right. was the fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but as I cried out to God, I said that I saw those things. And the last thing I said to God was, will I ever live for you? That's mm -hmm. how I worded it. And all of a sudden, a peace and a stillness came in my mind. And I'll never forget all my thoughts that I was thinking as I was crying out. And I was actually speaking these words out loud to this God that I didn't even know um, if he was there. I'm so sorry. I had a call come in. I hit it. Um, I may have went off the screen for a minute. But as I was crying out to this God and said, will I ever live for you? A peace came in and a stillness came in in my mind. And I heard God speak to me at 29 years old for the first time in my life. And his reply was, yes, you will live for me. Come on. That's all he said. 29 mm -hmm. years old, the first time I heard God. And it was like a seed of hope was put in me. And I actually, in a part of me, I couldn't believe that I was that this God would speak to me. It's a, if he is who he says he is and spun the heavens and the earth and orbit and, and all the things I've read in the Bible, just, I, I, I didn't feel like it matched up that he would really take care of me or answer me or want me in a way because of what I'd heard so much in my life. So um, that was a seed of hope he planted in me, which led to me having a relationship with him and to eventually leaving uh, not only the homosexual identity and lifestyle, but also the transgender identity and lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. 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 So, so powerful. Um, what a powerful testimony and story, which I've, I've heard that uh, story and, and been a part of it for several years, the last couple of years. I know this encounter happened with you after I had come home from Teen Challenge. So I had just, I'm just a newly born again Christian um, when, after you had come to the Lord afterwards and, you know, uh, I know, you know, like you mentioned a second ago, you were in college getting your master's and you are always very, very smart. And I know your intellect uh, for a while um, kept you from really receiving God. Well, you mentioned that about the prophetic word that went out over your life. I remember that uh, very, very heavily about the prophetic word that went over your life about your intellect. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually uh, it was the summer of 2016 in June. Um, I actually just felt this peace about throwing away my life as Scarlet. And I went to a dumpster and I threw away all my makeup and my jewelry and my hair and my shoes and my clothes and everything that I had worked so hard to become. And I threw it in a dumpster. And it was about 
a month later that I had an encounter with a prophetic word that really the Lord used to just shape my life and take me in a whole nother direction again. And I wasn't really surrendering homosexuality that that was really just my identity. Um, and the intellectualism, um, I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in history. I loved academia. I loved studying. I loved reading. I used to read encyclopedias when I was a little kid and I was just fascinated by intellectualism and learning. And Mm -hmm. while after my master's degree and after I threw in my life as Scarlet, um, that summer I went to a church, I was invited to a church and there was a man from Ireland there and he started speaking things to me that only God knew. And at first I was sitting on the side corner and I'm like, I'm not going up there for him to pray for me because he was prophesying to people and praying over them. And his wife was praying over healing over people. And I remember thinking, if he says one thing wrong, it's going to ruin everything. And it took a lot to even get me to even budge to this level. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was the second to last person that went up there. I was at the very end. And when I finally just walked up there, um, he started telling me things that only God would know. And one of the things he said to me, he said, your intellect is about to fully surrender to God because I was on this journey and process of about to have my life transform with God, but the intellectualism and the evolution, I was taught a lot of of evolution throughout those years and had read and researched and seen a lot of evolution tied into my historical studies. So there was a real problem with me of thinking that, are you sure, like, is this really God? Like he created the heavens and the earth. And, you know, are these stories of the Bible of an ark and everybody getting, you know, all the family of Noah getting in there and all these animals coming Mm -hmm. two by two and Jonah was in a fish. Like, is this for real? Is this just a myth? You know? And so that summer, um, my intellectual, my, (laughs) um, really surrendered just like that word, that man from Ireland who didn't know me from anything told me. And, the Lord really um, dealt with that that summer, and I surrendered that to Him. And once I could believe in Him as the Creator and that He created us for a purpose, mm-hmm. all those things of evolution were stripped away. And once it was stripped away, I saw how how ignorant it really was, and how it, much it didn't make sense at all. Wow! Yeah, come on, somebody, man! The gifts of the Spirit are still flowing; they are moving; they are active; they are alive. Um, uh, the Lord using the gifts of the spirit to speak into my brother's life. And it really helped him come to grips with things. You know, it's hard to come to grips with the story of the gospel. If you can't even believe in God as the creator, Right, <laughs> you know, it's really that's the first part. <laughs> yeah. And if you, and, and what was so interesting to me is after I started reading the Bible for myself, there is a, a part of the Bible. It's in the book of Acts where Paul actually is in Athens. I think he's in mm-hmm. Athens. Uh, no, he's in Greece. It was Athens or Corinth. But he starts telling the people, one of the first things he starts talking to them about is God is the creator. Mm-hmm. He didn't even talk about anything else with the God. Like yep. he began talking about God as the creator because even in my own life, when you when you believe evolution and mythology and all these things, you when you can't even believe in him as the creator, as you just said, how are you going to even mm. believe in God? You know, yeah. like yeah. so some people have to have that stripped away first. And that's one of the things the Lord did with me. And when I read the Bible for myself later on and saw that Paul did that in the book of Acts, I was like, that's what happened with me. Like the Lord had to deal with that first. And then it was yeah. the gospel I could receive. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's what uh, Paul says it, right? I become all things to all men. When he was preaching to the Greeks, he spoke in ways that would grab their attention. They're thinking Zeus and all these other people are the creators. Like, no, no, no. Let me sit you down and tell you who the creator Yahweh is. And then I can get you to his son, Jesus Christ, and you can receive salvation and your life can be transformed and changed 
forever and ever. You know, you, you're exactly right. Sharing your testimony. We, we grew up in the same household. We have very, a lot of brothers and sisters and siblings and everything. And, but we are us two actually have the same mother and the same father. Our father had two kids before he had us and one after us. And then our mom had uh, three boys before she had me and you. So we grew up with a lot, a lot of siblings and um, you know, me and Jeffrey shared the same one. So we grew up in the same household, you know, both of our parents were spirit filled believers and uh, loved the Lord. Um, and we both, like he said, we took uh, two very different paths, but in the same light, they were heading in the same direction um, because sin is sin. And, you know, I, I had lived a lifestyle of a drug dealer and a drug addict and, uh, which, which he did both of those things as well. I, I was a womanizer and he was dealing with homosexuality, but sin is sin. And I needed Jesus just as much as he needed Jesus. And he needed Jesus just as much as I needed yes. Jesus and praise God for deliverance um, from both of those lifestyles. Cause let me tell you something right now, folks, God is still doing it. Jesus is still doing what he said he would do 2000 plus years ago when he opened that scroll in Isaiah and said, I have been anointed to set the captives free. Yes. My brother's been set free. I have been set free. And if you've got children listening, nephews, nieces, cousins, whoever listening to this show today, uh, and you're listening have hope, you know, because a lot of people had written me and him off and said, man, I, I don't know that they're ever going to serve the Lord or live lifestyles uh, that are normal. And uh, here we are today, both in full time ministry um, and, and working uh, for the Lord. So it's just an incredible, incredible thing. There is hope and his name is Jesus. Jeffrey, I'm trying not to preach, but you know how I get sometimes. <laughs> But why don't you, I want to ask you this one question, because on the show, the Recovery to Recovered podcast, with that whole name, you know, I even got somebody was on my Facebook the other day, and they're like, oh, well, you know that you, you know, be careful, you know, you never really recovered. And, and what I say, and what I'm meaning by recovered is this, I don't mean perfection. But what I do mean is that there is a recovery process, even coming out of homosexuality or coming out of drug addiction or any kind of porn addiction, any kind of lifestyle of sin, there's a recovery process, but you can get to the point of recovered because watch this, Jesus makes people whole, right? You're yes. not, it doesn't mean that you're perfect, but you can be healed and you can be made whole. Jesus doesn't do anything halfway. If you're reading that Bible, you'll completely understand what it is that we're talking about here on the show. But we talk a lot about recovery on, on, the, on the episodes and I preach and I teach and things like that on the show. But I want to ask you this question because I know it was the case for me and probably the case for you as well. But, you know, we were addicted to substances, no doubt. Right. Um, but were you addicted to the lifestyle as well? Definitely. <laughs> I love the lifestyle. I love getting ready and going out to clubs and parties and uh, private parties. I, I lived more in Nashville during those years. So I was heavily involved in the LGBTQ scene and the after hours clubs. And uh, my life was drugs and staying up for three, four. I think one time I stayed up like five or six days um, shopping. I was dating a much older man. I wasn't responsible. I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. So I would definitely say I loved that lifestyle. And, and and like you had mentioned about yourself, I was definitely addicted to that. Yeah, I mean, I 
I, I say I was addicted to the drug dealing and the fast money. And yeah. you came across it a different way by partners that you were with that were taking care of you. But I was selling drugs and, and running the streets and making fast money and sleeping till two o'clock in the afternoon every day because I'd been up all night at the club, the bar, whatever, partying, selling and dealing drugs. So I was addicted to that lifestyle just as much as I was any substance. And I just had you yeah. mention that. And we mentioned that uh, just to display some more hope to the individual who might even be listening to this show right now. And and within the sound of our voices, you know, that are thinking, man, I, I'm not even really addicted to uh, you know, substances or whatever, but this lifestyle that I am living, I know a lot of drug dealers that there's a lot of drug dealers out there that, that aren't really addicted to hardcore drugs, but they cannot stop selling drugs. They are addicted to it. Uh, there's a lot of people that are living in sin and homosexuality. They're not even drug users, but they are addicted to that lifestyle. And I asked you that just to simply display to them that there is hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit at work within you that can deliver you from the addictive lifestyle that comes with, with whatever lifestyle it is that you might be living that is contrary to the word of God. Jeffrey, why don't you tell our listeners? So out of this, you get saved in 2016 and then the Lord calls you to something. Why don't you tell our listeners about your ministry and what the Lord has called you to do? Yeah, so I actually have two ministries. One is called For Such a Time, and one is called Freedom March International. When I first got saved, the Lord started burning on my heart. Well, first of all, I made a video and publicly renounced homosexuality and transgender and yep, I remember the that. drunkenness and everything. So I lost all my friends. So for I lost 95% of my friends. I had a few true friends that loved that I was set free. And um, in that, uh, I just began digging in the word for like a whole year. I didn't have any friends. And while I was in that time, so much alone in the secret place with the Lord, hmm. the Lord just started burning on my heart. I need you to talk about this topic. And I'll never forget how he said it. He said, there's mass confusion in this country on this topic, um, especially with transgender. And so I just started going out and sharing my testimony and that I had joy and peace and love and God had delivered me. And there were so yeah. many things that I was radically set free from in the instant I was born again. I never have been drunk again since I was born again. I never um, have done um, illegal drugs again since I was born again. When I got born again, so many things just just popped so quickly. And then there were so many things th that, you know, I had to work on and go through processes in and still I'm not perfect, like you said earlier. Sure. And so going through a lot, but um, the Lord is just amazing how he fills us with that peace and joy and just takes us, you know, on this journey. And so that's what I've been doing. I, I share my testimony and um, in 2017, the Lord put on my heart as much as I was doing with that, that it was time to <laughs> start something else and that he wanted people. And I remember he's just starting on my heart. There's many people that have left the LGBTQ identities and to follow Jesus Christ. And then he wanted their stories shared because the secular mm. world will not share their stories because it goes against the narrative of right. the world that they don't allow you to hear the, the opposite side. It's just you're in homosexuality. This is who you are. You're transgender. Be it, accept it, embrace it, and live it. And so they would And, and also, not to, not to cut you off, but they, yeah. a lot of people even try to consider your, your own story and testimony, hate speech. And that yeah. to me is, is horrific. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to, I just, I just had to throw that in there because that's crazy. Yeah. It's your story. God has right. delivered you and set you free and gave you the peace that you talked about. But 
Yes, it's crazy, but go ahead. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people in the world that would consider that hate speech. If I share my testimony, they consider it hate speech. Um, I've had literally, I've spoken at churches and had people uh, boycott it outside and then come inside and, you know, say I was full of hate in the church and um, heckle and disrupt the congregation. So, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on with that. And so that's when uh, the Lord said, like the world, like what we're just talking about right now, they won't allow these stories to be told. And in fact, a lot of people in the world hate these stories being told and they try to block it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he showed me like in the church, a lot of people don't want to talk about these stories and they feel uncomfortable and they don't want to bring us in the churches and share and they don't want to um, really get behind this movement. And so the Lord said, you're going to start the movement. And so he gave me the idea for Freedom March. And I just knew it was going to be sharing just testimonies of people that left the LGBTQ lifestyles. And um, and after that, we, we get behind a banner and we march in the downtown cities where we're at. And we've done this in D.C. and St. Paul and Orlando and L.A., the Atlanta area. This year, we're going to be in North Carolina, D.C. again. And we're also going to be in West Palm Beach, Florida. And with this, the Lord gave me the scripture in Colossians where it says that the Lord made a public spectacle of yes. the enemy. The Lord Jesus didn't wasn't hot, hidden behind a veil and taken on a side road through Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus Christ went down the Via Della Rosa, the middle of Come Jerusalem. On. And in the spiritual realm, it was it was making a mockery of the enemy. It made a public spectacle, is how Colossians says, of the yeah. enemy. Because he publicly defeated him. And the Lord right. let on my heart, I don't want this in another church or conference. I want this to be in you know, in the city, in DC, that was our first one out in the atmosphere. So I picked Sylvan Theater, which you could throw a baseball and hit the Washington Monument. It's just outside a stage and it's right beside the big Washington Monument. And we share these testimonies in the airwaves. We have worship throughout it. And then we march to the back of the White House, um, all publicly declaring Jesus. So that's what I do now with those two ministries. Man, that is incredible. I love that. I love that. A public spectacle that's how uh, the apostle paul describes what happened at calvary and what you are doing is making a public spectacle out of the enemy because what the enemy thought he was going to take you out with uh what the enemy meant for evil god is now turned around for the good and turned around on his head and i just got to say it folks i got to preach at uh orlando uh, freedom rally which is friday night before they go out that saturday morning and there is straight up revival happening in this ministry <laughs> and in the lgbtq community nobody wants to talk about it they won't talk about it on fox news they won't talk about it um on cnn of course that, that definitely would go against the narrative there uh, uh, on those type of television uh, stations but I'm telling you right now, folks, it's happening. It ain't something that I read in a book or in an article. I have seen it with my own eyes. These people are on fire and filled with the Holy Ghost and power. We're talking about loving folks to Jesus, laying hands on the sick at these events. I mean, it is it is very, very powerful to see people who society had written off and said that even the church, right? Because let's go ahead and go there. You know, even that the church is written off because it's like, well, they believe they're born that way. I don't think we should even go share the gospel with them. They're not going to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse after excuse after excuse is what it is. Um, because when people will go in and reach that community, um, they are reachable. Um, you're talking about a lot of identity crises or what's going on in the bo- in, not in the body of Christ, in the LGBTQ community. 
It's identity crisis. And who is the ultimate fixer of that? Hello, his name is Jesus. Yeah. We all have identity issues because your identity isn't found in your career, your job, your title as a minister of the gospel or a pastor, preacher, event. No, your identity is found in Christ Jesus alone. And yeah. so we all have had this identity crisis. Theirs just looks a little bit different than yours. And people who pass judgment on that or do not want to reach this community, um, I just find it so very sad. And I don't want to condemn today. We, me and my brother today, you know, we've talked about this. We want to provoke the church and the body of Christ to reach these people, you know, and ministries like his ministries like ours. I talk to a lot of people all the time and I hear this a lot and it's wonderful um, because it, it is true. And people will tell me all the time, they'll donate to our ministry. You know, I can't do what you can do, but I can give to what you can do and I can help you do what you do because you have the testimony to reach those people. And it is the same with my brother's ministry for, for such a time as this ministry and also freedom March um, international, you can sow into this ministry and partner with them to help them reach those people that you might not be able to get to. And so with that being said, you are reaching those individuals, but also don't just send the money uh, or donate or partner, you can be a part of this. Come to one of these Freedom March rallies that, you know, we're going to get to his organization here at the end and how you can connect with them. But, you know, you can figure out where these Freedom Marches are happening in the Freedom Rallies and uh, where my brother's going to be uh, speaking or sharing his story and what we as the church can do to combat um, the, this problem that we're facing in our society. And, and you can do something about it. You can sow, you can donate to it. And you can also be a part of it because these people are reachable. Amen. 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 I just wanted to move on to our next discussion question real quick because it's a hot topic right now. Um, and definitely one of the reasons why I felt provoked to bring you on. We've been wanting to bring you on to the show for a while, um, but I think this is perfect timing and God's timing because, you know, I want to hear what your opinions and thoughts about this Equality Act and what is going on in our government and and in our country. And we have set ourselves up for this. You know, um, we can go into was there fraud? Was there not this, that and the third. But right now, the fact of the matter is Joe Biden is president. Our government, our people have somehow elected him and he's there and he's making decisions like the Equality Act. And you, who is somebody who's come out of this and dealt with this, you have you said it just a second ago, you have a paper seal where these psychologists are diagnosing you with that. And they're also doing this to children now. And really this is child abuse. When you're doing that to ch children, I wholeheartedly believe that that is full fledged child abuse that they're doing to our children and our youth and a generation behind us. But, you know, how has this transpired in our community? What do we need to do as the church? Like, just please help us with this and this equality act. I know you're very passionate about what's going on right now. Yeah, so um, the Equality Act, um, there's really two sides to it. So the Equality Act and things like this legislation, they have actually been passed because the side that, there's no other word to describe it, but anti-Christ, because it's everything that Christ stands for, it goes against it. Yeah. And the side that is pushing all these things that are anti-Christ legislation, um, 
you know, for one, I always have to look in compassion and continue praying for them because I realize just the same way when I wasn't born again, they're not born again. Right. Like right. there, there's no spiritual veils ripped there. So they truly believe that they're doing the right mm-hmm. thing. And also at the same time, the Lord has shown me as far as the church goes, really a lot of these things are more on the church. I mean, I'm just going to be blunt and honest with how the Holy Spirit has put it on me. This has to do with the church not standing up for righteousness. The the, the people in the world are not going to see the things of a godly nature and understand righteousness. That They're not born again. They don't have the veils lifted. The Bible says that, you know, the Lord um, looks down and, and helps those that are wicked and those that aren't. The sun sets and rises every day on the wicked and the righteous. Yeah. But the church should have been standing up against these things a long time ago. And what has happened is it's just gotten more and more passive. So -hmm. when it comes to pushing legislation and cooperating to get things passed within the world, they are organized. They stick together. They'll use any resource plan or platform that they can to do it. So let's give an example to your audience. When the BLM and trans um, agenda was being pushed simultaneously this summer a lot, Mm. I started noticing on my Instagram, these celebrities were coming up, such as Anne Hathaway, the actress, um, also Kelly Osborne, Ozzy Osborne's daughter. And I started seeing that they were giving their Instagram accounts that have millions of followers away weekly to one of these other agendas. And as they were doing it, millions upon millions upon millions of people were receiving the information that these trans activists were given in other groups and were getting spread information and it was spreading to other people and people were activating in their area to what it was. And I was sitting there thinking, Lord, there's been people that know about the Freedom March, know about other things. They won't even share, just share the flyer. Let everyone on your Facebook know, you know, that there's a Freedom March coming to your town. We was in Orlando, Florida, which has some of the biggest ministries in the country. We did not have one ministry out of Orlando, Florida, support or just share, just even tell their church like, hey, I'm not going to this event. But there is a Freedom March here in Orlando, Florida, where hundreds of former homosexuals and transgenders are going to share their testimony. We couldn't even get people to share like that. And so I was watching the world as Mm -hmm. organized as they are. They're doing the opposite and they're using everything they can to push their agenda. So in that, I just want to say with the church, with the Equality Act and all these things, um, like you said earlier, not to condemn the church, but to call us up to a higher level. Come on, let's wake up. Let's activate. Let's do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that it's just a big topic right now and that we have to do our part and get activated. So um, that's what I would say is to people. Um, also, there's pastors and other people that will listen to this message. You know, if you don't know how to deal with this topic yourself, bring in people. I know at least 25 ministries all around the country that are former LGBTQ ministries. Some of these people have been out of the lifestyle for 40 years helping mm-hmm. churches and people. Bring them into your churches. Let those people share their testimonies. Bring in their books. Let the conversation start rolling. Let's get active about sharing, you know, what do we do to reach this community? How can we we change the culture of America because that's what we've been called to do is rule and reign, you know, while yeah. Christ is, is not here on the earth, you know, as mm-hmm. in person. And so we have to do more of that. Yeah. I want to touch on two things that you, you just mentioned right there. And one, it's unity. These folks, I guess that's the only way I could say it. Lord, help me. Are unified. <laughs> they are unified. They're yeah. not bickering yeah. and arguing about which version of the Bible to use right. <laughs> or what version of whatever book they're wanting to get at use against 
Christians or whatever. No, they are united, and they that is the exact reason why they have been able to do with our country what they have set out to do. They set out a plan. They um, uh, executed the plan to perfection and unified over it. Um, What are we doing? You know, and, you know, the other thing I want to talk about, too, is just like, you know, what you just mentioned with your ministry friends and pastors. I know a lot of pastors are going to listen to this episode and listen to our listen into our show and with me being a pastor of a church now but also a recovery pastor for the last uh you know going on three years before i planted the church a couple of months ago um the two things that pastors well it's really three now the two the three things that pastors just don't know how to deal with with church people is one homosexuality two pornography addiction and three substance abuse mm-hmm. yeah regular mm-hmm. pastors who have never walked through that or don't know what to do with that a lot of them don't they've been pastoring church folk you know their whole ministry or their whole life and they just don't have the answers or know what to say or know how to handle that i'm helping the church and the body of christ on this show i just had ted shimmer on the show a couple of weeks ago he has a pornography recovery program online. It's a resource. Awesome. It is a resource to help people be delivered from pornography addiction. Now, pastors listening to this show, you don't have the excuse anymore of, well, I just don't know what to do. We just prayed over them and we sent them out of the church. Like, no, you have resources now. Reach out for to for such a time as this ministries with my brother. Reach out to the Freedom March. He has about 25 other friends that are doing former LGBTQ ministries. They can become minister. They can develop discipleship and mentorship programs with your churches and individuals who are coming out of this lifestyle that are wanting to be delivered. Because here's the thing. A lot of these people, they want to be delivered. They just see no hope. But if they can hear the testimony from somebody like you or or some of your friends, you have some very powerful friends. Two of his friends survived the Orlando nightclub shooting and uh, got to meet meet them as well and hang out with them. Incredible individuals. They have a ministry like and then also with with this program too. like pastors listening to this. You have resource. I'm it for recovery. Call me. You got somebody dealing with addiction in your congregation. Call me. So now this is three resources that the Recovery to Recovered podcast has put out there for ministry leaders, pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, whatever your title might be. Lord bless us. <laughs> you have a resource. <laughs> Bring somebody in and let us do what maybe you are not equipped to do. It's okay. You have an assignment. We have ours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, we, we and I, I want to say this too, yeah. especially for pastors. Um, one thing I have found throughout these years of ministry is that a lot of people secretly uh, deal with homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes with drug addiction, the life gets so out of control, it's just kind of obvious yeah. what's going on. And some, a lot of times with pornography within a men's group, or a man will go to their pastor and say, like, Hey, I'm addicted with this. You know, I'm not physically cheating on my wife, but I'm looking at yeah. porn every day. Yeah. So those things can come out more in churches, but with homosexuality, 
there's this, uh, I think Hollywood has helped build this, but there's this fantasy in the United States that every person that ever dealt with homosexual is effeminate and gay acting, and you can tell, and they look like this, and they'll dress like this. There's a lot of people that deal with homosexuality that no one knows about. Military people, men's men. You know, I just got a call recently from a woman, and her husband was a hunter and a fisher, and just a guy's guy, and came out dealing with transgender stuff. And has mm-hmm. moved out of the home. And I mean, so th- there's a lot of things with homosexuality and transgender and bisexuality and all these things that, mm-hmm. that the pastors don't know about. And that's why being proactive instead of reactive, letting these people come in because these people might not be talking about it. A lot of women too may not be talking about it. And having to hear these testimonies can so encourage people that I went through that too, or I feel that too, but the Lord delivered them. So there, there's just a power in that. Yeah, there's a, there's a bodybuilder that I used to follow his workouts on Instagram and stuff. And I, I thought I was losing my mind. I got, I'm, you talking about a man's man, this dude's a bodybuilder. I mean, mm-hmm. he was nothing feminine about him whatsoever. And he literally just came out like two weeks ago and made his announcement on TV. He has a whole workout line, uh, products, um, uh, supplement products, all this stuff, Spartan workouts. And he has come out as transgender literally having a surgery in several weeks. It's crazy. So you never know who it is that might be dealing with this. You know, one of our questions, which we've kind of answered it already, but kind of, kind of tackling it again is this, you know, how does the church combat this issue? What can we do? How can we do it? And I believe the answer to that is bringing in folks like you folks, uh, from the, that are former LGBTQ to share testimonies because we overcome, that great serpent by the blood of the lamb first, right? But the word of our yeah. testimony behind it and uh, testimonies need to be shared. Yeah. And I think too, that, you know, if you have friends or family, I think books are great resources from people that live the life. So like, if I have a, a family come to me and their daughter's dealing with transgender, I have an amazing friend, Laura Beth Perry. Her book is called transgender to transformed it's on amazon i immediately get them that book like let your daughter read this let your daughter read from another young lady who went into the transgender lifestyle actually had all the surgeries breast removed hysterectomy started testosterone and then how she still after all that encountered god and lived for him you know mm-hmm. so there's so many resources and books um and booklets from people that left the lifestyle too that you can get into the hands of friends or family members where maybe you don't know exactly what to say but if they can have a chance to to go through the materials of someone that lived how they lived or thought how they thought it can make a huge difference so that's another great resource for the church for your family and friends yeah yeah that's incredible which which also it's resources right but this also brings me into my one of my last points here with you man i want you to tell us and our listeners a little bit about your book um and and how they can get that and the title to it and everything Yeah. So my book is called For Such a Time and it's on Amazon. And I also have a website where you can get it on. Um, My website for my ministry is the number four. So it's not the word F-O-U-R. It's just the number symbol for suchatime.org. And you can email me on there. You can get the book on there. You can get the, most people have Amazon nowadays. You can get the book on Amazon if you want. Um, And uh, if you want to check out things about Freedom March, we have a Freedom March Facebook page. And we also have a um, website that just says the words freedom to march.com. Super simple. And you can find out about information and check us out there. Awesome, man. That's incredible. That's incredible. So that's how folks can get a hold of you as well, because 
you're uh, an evangelist and you and you run all over the country and you do street ministry and speak in churches as well. And so that is where they can also get a hold of you to book you to come in to speak at churches or share testimonies or whatever it might look like, right? Yes, exactly. And if, if my schedule is full at that time, like I said, I, I know so many ministries and they're all over the country. I will connect you with a ministry that will help if I cannot help at that time. Like it's time to activate and move forward. And there's a lot of us that are working in this in this area. So we will get you someone. <laughs> yes, yes. That's incredible, man. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. I really enjoyed getting to be with you, you know, both of us running around doing a lot of ministry work. Sometimes we don't get to talk as, as much as we would like and, and share as much as we would like. So it was, it was an honor getting to be with you today. And thank you for shedding light on these issues. You know, we, as the church, we've got to stop being scared to have the hard talks and to have to talk about these tough conversations that nobody wants to talk about. And like I said, the, these folks that are coming out of the LGBTQ community, they are reachable. You know, they're reachable. They have an identity crisis. And we know the one, his name is Jesus, who can solve any identity crisis because it's the same thing for the person who's simply lost and just does not know him, does not know who they are in Christ Jesus. They need the same Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we appreciate you guys for tuning in on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. If you would like to connect with Jeffrey, you can hit the rewind button just a little bit and figure out how to email him, his websites. Also for Be the Bush Recovery Ministries and Miriam House, you can go to bethebushministries.com and also miriamhouse.com and you can become a monthly partner there. Sewing into our ministry, you can sew into this podcast where people are receiving hope about coming out of all kinds of lifestyles. The gospel's being preached on this show. We just appreciate everybody who partners with us and who uh, listens into the show. You can also uh, partner with us with Canvas Community Shebbyville as well. So thank you for tuning in to today's show, and we can't wait for you guys to listen in next week. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.